Hey everybody, I'm Pastor Jeff Dawes, lead pastor here at Stockbridge Community Church. And I just want to say thank you for listening to our podcast today. I hope this message inspires you and encourages you. Enjoy today's message. just dive right in today and uh, begin to tell you know that uh, this thing uh, the question that I, I think I've been pondering uh, a lot lately and I think maybe you have I want to pose to you is this the question that I have is do you want to fail at love with your family let me, let me say it again do you want to fail at love with your family Okay, no. I don't think any of us here want to do that. And so, I don't want to do that, and, but we have to figure this out so that it doesn't happen because love is difficult at times. you agree with that? And so, and so we don't want to fail at this thing. And so, I, I don't know, through the years, I have uh, got defi- different definitions of love. When Rhonda and I was uh, dating, you know, when our, we were in our teen years, when we were dating... Uh, I worked at a, 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 our, our small town that we lived in, which was probably about an hour and a half uh, from Atlanta. It was close to Athens. And so I worked at this printing place, and one of my jobs was on Thursday night is I would take this big truck. Now, can you imagine giving a big truck to a teenager and telling them to drive to Atlanta? They did it. Uh, so so it, I was driving this big truck down to the post office, and I would deliver these papers there, and then I would go from that point back over to, uh, to close to uh, Peachtree Street, uh, over there near the Fox Theater, and drop some papers off, and then make my way back home. And I was making a whole three, $3.35 an hour, okay? But now, the company was good to us. They gave us $2 to get a hamburger, right? So uh, back in the day, it was good, you know? Back in the end, that would give you about a, a Happy Meal, and that's all. But so anyway, it's, when Rhonda and I were dating, is that I, I wanted to see her so bad that I would, I would get in that truck and I would drive uh, as fast as I could go legally uh, and go to the post office and unload those papers as fast as I could, you know, and, and, and get what I had to get there, drive back to downtown in that big truck, hoping I did not hit a, a telephone pole on the side of the road, you know, uh, drive that big truck, and drive it all the way back home, and I would do that under three hours, right at three hours, so it cost my company right at about $10 for me to do that. I was not very smart then, but the reason that I did that was because I had this beautiful young lady that was uh, I would get to see for 30 minutes if I could get home before 9.15, because I could, I could go to her house, see her for 30 minutes, and be home by curfew at 10 o'clock through the week. And I would do it, so I would kill myself. So, so love back then to me meant feelings. I just, you know, she put a quiver in my liver. <laughs> oh, yes, she did. And so, so, so to me, that's what love was all about. And then, you know, as time went on, of course, and, you know, we got married, and, and, and I didn't always feel the quiver in my liver, you know, as time went on. Sometimes, uh, you know, there was a shot to the heart. But anyways... Uh, uh, things like that happened, but what I discovered was, okay, well, love must be commitment. 
It must, it must be. I'm committed, you know, because good times, bad times, I'm not going anywhere. I'm committed. And, and so I thought, okay, well, maybe, maybe that's what love is supposed to be. Because I don't want to fail at love, and, and I don't think you do either, so I'm, I'm trying to figure this out. But when I, then, then I, of course, begin to read the Bible, and then I see, see Jesus just sort of throws a whole other definition of love in that I wasn't ready for. And that is this, is that love is a choice. He said love is a choice. And so it, was, it wasn't a feelings, it wasn't just commitment that love is a choice. And then you get this when you begin to look at what Jesus said. And you can look with me. It's, it's on your outline. It's coming up on the screen. It's Matthew 5 and 43. Look what he says. He says, you've heard the law say, love your neighbor and what? Okay, now, now let, let me look at me just a second. Would you agree that all of us have heard some of that in our, in, from our upbringing? Like, okay, they hit you, you hit them back, right? I mean, I mean, isn't that the natural course of action, right? I mean, like... Isn't that it? So we all have been exposed to that, is saying. Would you agree with that? Okay, so we've all been exposed to that. Now look what happens here. But I say, now this is Jesus speaking, but I say, love your who? Okay, okay. Isn't it easy sometimes to become enemies with people within your own home? We wouldn't say, we wouldn't necessarily say they're my enemy, but many times the people within our own home, it can feel that we are working against each other, that we are opposing each other, and literally that we are enemies of one another. Would you agree with that? And so Jesus says, whoa, 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 wait a minute. He says, but I say, love your enemies, pray for those who what? Persecute you. That means that they might say stuff about you that you don't like, okay? in your own home, and that way you will be acting as true children of your Father in heaven. So Jesus just messes me all up. He messes you all up because, listen, I don't want to love my enemy at that time. I want to get even with my enemy. How about you? That's the natural tendency, right? And so whether it be Rhonda or the kids or whoever, is that, you know what, no, 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 I want to be on top. And Jesus said, he flips that, and he says, love is not a feeling, love is not commitment, love is a choice that you have to choose because you're the Father's child, okay? Then Jesus goes on and says this, look, he says, so now I'm giving you a new commandment, and let's read those next three words. You ready? Come on, you ready? Love, love each other, love each other. How should we love each other? It's underlined. Let's read it. Ready? Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Again, Jesus is saying, okay, the example that I'm going to give you is me. I'm going to show you what this looks like. And so how did Jesus love? How, how do we love the people in our families that sometimes feel like enemies? Look what Jesus says. Or, or look what the Bible says in Romans 5 and 8. It says this. God demonstrated his own love for us in this. Let's read what's underlined. You ready? Come on. While we were still, Christ died for us. Do you see it right there? Do you see the choice that God made while you and I were his enemies? Even though, even though, you know, even though that we said, you know what, Jeff, I wouldn't say I was the enemy of God. Yes, you know, we, when we were mad at God, when we, were, when we rejected everything God said, when we were unlikable, when we were unlovable, when we said God, when we were cursing at God, when we was using his name in vain, and even toward him at times, when we were doing all these things, still Christ died for us. Would you say that is a choice to love no matter what? 
Would you agree that, that God made a choice? He told us he chose to love us while we were doing all of that, while we were spitting in his face. He still chose to love us. He chose to love us. And so that brings me to this statement that I hope that you will stick with you the rest of your life, and I hope today that, that you, you underscore this. And here it is. It's on your program. It's on the screen. Let's look what it says. You ready? Let's read it together. Here we go. Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I... Did you hear that? That's love. Isn't that what God did? Do you think God felt good toward us when we were flipping him off? Do you think God did it when we said, we know what the Bible says, but we're going to do this anyway? Do you think God felt good toward us when he was sending his son to die, when they were screaming, crucify him, crucify him? Do you think God felt good toward us? He did not feel good toward us, but he went ahead and did what he needed to do. He did good for us, another person, regardless of what he felt. And Jesus said, that's how you love as a child of God, and that's how you love in your family, is that you do good to another person, regardless of what you feel. That is biblical love. Does that mean I always like them? No. I mean, do you have to like someone that, that sometimes appears to be your enemy? No, you don't, you don't have to like them. That's why the Bible says you need to love everybody, but you don't have to like everybody. Did you see that? And there's some people, listen, there's some people that, that's even in my family context, in my family context, that I don't like. I still don't like them. I'll never like them. You ever, you ever, you got anybody like that? That you know, you just like, I mean, listen, it's been 20 years and it's not gotten any better. But I am to love them. And love them means this. Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I feel, right? And so we're going to move in that context. Now here's what I want to tell you. Watch this. Without Jesus Christ filling you with his love, you will never be able to love fully. Did you hear that? You've got, to have a mo you've got to have a motivating factor to make you love even the people in your own home at times. Listen, there's people in your own home at times that you're going to have to choose to love them because you're not going to feel like it and your commitment's not going to be strong enough, but you're going to have to make the choice that you're going to love them anyway, whether you like them or not, right? Even in our own homes at times. So here's what I want to tell you. You need Jesus Christ in your life to have that kind of love. Are you going to run? You're going to tuck tail? You're going to run? You're going to get out of here? The divorce is going to come in? You're going to run away from your parents? You know, you're going you're to get away from your child? You're going to sell out? You're going to do this? But when you've got the love of God, there's something about that goes beyond your feeling, it goes beyond your commitment, and it, goes, it makes you make the choice to do good to those people, regardless of how you feel. And so today I want to invite you to, into Jesus Christ, into God's family. Because he did it for you. And today, if you're here and you're not a Christ follower, today is your day. God knew you was going to be here. We knew you was going to be here. We, we prepare for you to be here. And so there's a prayer right there inside of your program. It's called the prayer to become a Christ follower. I want to challenge you to pray this prayer so that you can receive full love in order that you might give love. Because you cannot give what you do not have. Amen? Amen. Amen. So right there's a prayer. Now, the only thing we ask you to do it's on the back of this connection card. You check the box that says, I'm praying the prayer to become a Christ follower. You know, last week, I think it was last week, that we had about seven or eight people in this auditorium give their life to Jesus Christ. Can we just give God a hand for that? <laughs> Amen. That's why we do it, because we knew you'd be here, and you need that. All right, let's move on. So now what I want to talk to you about for the next, the remainder of our time that we have together is this, 
is I have a title. It says this, How to Love My Family. Okay, how to love my family. And, and, and I need this and you need this, okay? And unless, even our immediate family, because we all need this, all right? So the first thing I want to share with you is this. Number one, if we're going to learn to love our families, then we have to choose to listen, practice listening. We have to choose to practice listening. We have to practice this. <clears throat> love, when you learn to listen, it makes you more loving. A person, when, you, when you become a listener, you become more loving. You, people feel more loved by you when you listen to them. And listen, the problem that we have in our culture today is this. There is so much anger in our, in our country. Don't you agree with that? In our, there's anger. Everybody's angry. You know why they're so angry? It's because we've stopped listening to each other and we've started yelling at each other. Did you hear that? You, you can never, you will never ever have harmony or peace until we learn to stop yelling and start listening to one another. You see, we're so fixated on telling everybody what we feel that we, we don't shut up long enough to listen to what's going on with them. And maybe if we can understand them, then maybe we wouldn't yell as much, right? And so we have to learn this principle of listening. And that's why I love the Bible. I cannot do without the Bible. I cannot live without the Bible. I invite you to get into the Bible. Why? Because it teaches us these things. While culture is going crazy, you can have peace. Look what the Bible says, okay? It was written over, over 2,000 years ago, but look what it says. Here it is. You ready? James 1 and 19. He says, understand this, my dear brothers and sisters. Here we go. You must be what? Quick to listen and... What is he saying? He's saying, shut up and button up. He's saying, listen up and button up. And then what's the next word? So you quick to listen, slow to speak, and what? Okay, here's what he's saying. He's saying, listen up, button up, and you'll grow up. A lot of people are not grow they don't grow up. They get older, but they don't grow up because they never learn to listen. And they're always angry. Always angry. Can I just be honest with you? This is a great statement. I hope that you remember this. Just because you disagree with someone, you do not have to make an enemy out of them. Did you hear that? We can walk arm in arm even though we don't see eye to eye. Rhonda and I have been married 31 years and there are still things that we don't see eye to eye on. And you know what? I've determined that, you know what, that's the way it's going to be. And we have to learn to walk arm in arm, even though we don't see eye to eye on everything. And, and listen, if you see eye to eye on everything, then, then God bless you. But I guarantee you throw a child in the middle of you two, and you're going to have not eye to eye. <laughs> right? Hello? Okay, so what I, I'm saying, you don't have to make an enemy out of them. And there, there's some of you right now that have made enemies out of people in your home just because you don't see eye to eye on everything. Walk arm in arm even though you don't see eye to eye. Even in our own homes, we miss this. And here's what, well, listen well, to this. Is that you know what? Is that when you, when, when you refuse to listen to people, guess what happens? They stop hearing you. When you stop listening to people in your own home, then they stop hearing you. It's like you lose your voice. 
It's like you're, you're saying stuff, you're mouthing stuff, you're saying it, but guess what? Because you haven't listened to them, it's just like you got laryngitis and your mouth just moving. You know what? And they're gonna, you know what? They're gonna give you a little, a little, they're gonna throw you a little okay out there. What they're saying is, okay, I don't hear words you're saying, but okay, shut up talking. Right? Because they're, they're gonna throw that little, oh, that little nice, yes, I got it, I got it, okay. They didn't get anything. They didn't get anything. And so we have to learn to begin to, to, to listen to people. Now, how, here, what's the greatest way to listen to people? Here it is. The greatest way to listen to people is stop talking about you and start asking questions about them. Now, now watch this. There is a difference between asking questions about them, being interested in them, than being questioning, Okay. Like putting people on trial, you know, like your kid goes, like your middle schooler goes to school on the first day of school and they hate getting back in the car to see you that afternoon or getting off the bus and seeing you. You know why? Because they know it's like they're getting in, a, they're getting in the seat and you're, you're the attorney and you're drilling them. How was school today? How was your lunch today? Did you never see anybody there? Blah, blah, blah. And they're like, ah! So you begin to ask questions that will be interested in them. You know, and you begin to ask them, well, you know, I just hope your day was good. And let them finish. Remember, small questions get big answers. You know how to get people, and here's a secret that I'm learning, how to get people to talk, okay? Because there's some people that aren't talkers. And sometimes our children, especially when they get into middle school and high school, they don't want to talk. I'm going to give you a secret right now. If you're in middle school, high school, you use this on your parents. Here it is. You ready? Whatever, when they say something to you, just repeat the last three words and pause. It's called mirroring. So, so whatever they say, they say, I had a nice day. You say, you had a nice day. And as soon as you pause, they're going to go into something else because they can't stand it. So they're going to do it. So I want you to go home and practice this, okay, on somebody today. I told this to a guy yesterday. I was uh, thinking about what I was going to be speaking on today, and I, and I was talking to another pastor, and I told him that. I told him this, and he st- I said, listen, now go home and try this on your wife. He said, oh, no, Jeff. I want to know what you've got that's going to make her stop talking. <laughs> I said, oh, boy, I can't help you with that. So remember this. Remember what we said? Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I what? Feel, right? Regardless of what I feel. So number two is this. The second thing is this is choose to, choose to speak words of life. Choose to speak words of life. Proverbs, again, the Bible. You've got to read the Bible because it's the greatest thing that can counsel you. Proverbs 18 and 20, it says this. Okay, let's read these first four words out loud. You ready? Come on, let's read them. Here we go. Make your words. Okay, that's a game changer right there. In your home right now, if you just start right now within your family context, if you just decide that you're going to make your words good, it'll change everything in your home. He goes on to say this. Look what he says. He says, you'll be glad you did. Words can bring what? Death or life. That's right. Talk too much and you will eat everything you want. Oh, I've been there, haven't you? Oh, boy, I'm telling you what. My foot has been, been a lot of time in my mouth. Oh, oh, oh. So, so here's what he's saying. Listen, when you're speaking, you have to understand this, that your words matter, that your words matter, 
Listen, even talking to your children or your spouse or your grandkids, whoever's in your family, when you're speaking to them, remember this. When you say something that hurts their feelings, even in a joking way, you can go back. Like many times I've done that to our kids. I say something I shouldn't have said, you know, and then Rhonda will make sure to say, now, Jeff, that was, that was tough what you said. I'm like, what are you talking about? That wasn't tough. That wasn't tough. And he just get up, toughen up. She's like, Jeff, that was tough. And I'll think about it a little while and realize she was right. I got to go. And so I'll go back. I would go back to my kids and say, listen, you know, what I said is, is with, I shouldn't have said it. I shouldn't have said it that way. And I'm sorry. And you know what? I'll give a big old hug, you know, like, oh, come here. Daddy loves you. You know that. You know, you know, you know dad loves you, right? Yeah, I know, no. Okay, come here. And after I do that, I walk off. Look at Rhonda and say, <laughs> but guess what? I forgot it. After that, I'm done. I'm like, oh, yes, sir. But they remembered a lifetime. Just because I said, I'm sorry, and I feel good about it after I said, I'm sorry, and I forget it, they never forget it. And you have to remember that. Your words have power. I was talking to a guy this week who told me one of, a, a powerful story of words. He said that his brothers, both when they grew up, they chose to get involved with drugs. He said, my dad was a pretty hard guy. He said, but the only time I ever saw my dad cry is that I was 10 years old, sitting at a table. And my dad started crying. He looked at me and he said, son, he said, I was young. He promised me you will never get on drugs. He said, I said, dad, I want it 10 years old. And he said, you know, those words and those tears, I never forgot. And I never chose to get on drugs because of that. Your words matter. They matter. Look what the Bible says. Again, in Proverbs 10, 32, it says this. It says, righteous people know the kind things to what? To say. So, so listen, you righteous people know what to say. Here we go. Look what it says. But the wicked people are always saying things that what? That hurt. That's right. And here's what I'm telling you. You ready? Here's a secret. You ready? Here's a secret to remember. This is a secret in your family. Why? Why? Because we don't want to fail at love. We don't want to fail at love, so we've got to get this right. Here it is. You ready? Change your tone. All right, here's some numbers I want you to write down. You ready? Write these numbers down. You ready? 7, 38, 55. 7, 38, 55. Got them? Okay, because when you're communicating, this is what you've got to understand. When you're communicating, your words are 7% of your communication. Your body language is 38% of your communication. But your tone is 55% of your communication. 55%. There's a book that I, I'm uh, reading now and listening to. It's a, it's a book by an FBI agent, and it's called Never Split the Difference. Uh, the FBI agent is Chris Voss. He was, a, he was the, uh, the number one chief hostage negotiator for uh, people in our country and then also in other countries as well. And he told the story how that he was going in New York City one time and there was a, a bank robbery that was in progress. They got the call over the phone, you know, over the wire that there's a bank robbery going on. And so one of the tellers in one of the big banks in New York, actually, she hit the panic button. And, and so sure enough, the cops come out, and uh, come around the bank and the, the guy in the, uh, driving the car took off. And, and so the, the, 
bank robbers were inside with the, with the employees, so they had hostages. And so this negotiator, this FBI negotiator, says he comes on, comes on the scene there, and, and, and you know, they got him trapped. And so he begins to talk to the people who are holding those hostages, the bank robbers. He begins to talk to them. And he's trying to get them out. He's trying to negotiate with them. And he says, on the line, he said, as he begins to talk to them, he begin, realizes that his tone is so important. So he said, I have to go in this, what's like a late-night radio uh, tone in my voice. Like, hello, sir. Tell me your name. How are you? I don't know. When he said that, I started thinking about Barry White. Hello, ladies. <laughs> oh, I, don't, I don't know, but that's what, you know, I was like, wow, you know. Talking to a bank robber. Talking to a bank robber. Hello, what's your name? <laughs> that's what he, he said. He had to change. He said, sure enough, we had to change his tone. He said, something else that, that, you, that you need to know is that he said, something else I did and that what we practiced in the FBI is that when you're talking to someone in a tense situation, he said, we make sure that we're smiling. Even though we're on the phone, they can't see us, but we're smiling. He said, because when you smile, when you speak, it changes your tone. He said that the robbery was progressing, you know, and, and, and it, it went into uh, three hours and four hours. He said, finally, they, he kept talk, they kept communicating with him. And finally, after six hours, the guys walked out. And they put the hand, they never said a word. They put the handcuff on them. They got into the car and they got there with them and said, Why, why did you guys surrender? When they had a plan to, they could have killed everybody, why did you surrender? He said, Because you sounded like someone that we could trust and you sounded so nice. Isn't it amazing? If, our, if, you're t if the tone can change a bank robber's mind, then surely in your home it can change someone's mind there, right? Are you ready? Here it is. Here, here comes a line that could change your whole home. Are you ready? It's coming up on the screen. You ready? Let's read it together. Here we go. You ready? Come on. Change my home by changing my... Oh, boy. That right there is a game changer. And does Jeff struggle with that? Yes! Sometimes I'd lean, I was saying something to my daughter, Caitlin. She said, Dad, you don't have to be mad. I said, I'm not mad. What, what do you think I'm mad? The way you said it. And I, I don't pay attention to my tone a lot of times, and I'm trying to get better at that. And this is what I'm learning. Change my tone changes my home. And teenagers, listen, if you're here today, young people, that means you. You change your tone, you change your home. Mom to dad, that's you. You change your tone, you change your home. Husband and wife, you change your tone, you change your home. I know that was worth you coming for today. I know right there you got, okay, got that. Put it on the refrigerator, right? Some of you want to get a tattoo, then just tattoo that right across your forehead. There you go, okay. All right, so one of the things I want to tell you before I go to the last point is this is that, you know, a lot of our tone is, some of us in our personality, we're, some of us are uh, wired to be a little bit more boisterous. And one of the great things I love about Growth Track here, is, our, is your next step here at SEC, is Growth Track, is that through Growth Track, you learn about your personality. We have an opportunity for you to go to Growth Track, and matter of fact, if you just, on the back of your connection card, you can sign up for Growth Track and learn a lot about you. And I want to challenge you to do that. So why don't you sign up and go to Growth Track? Okay. All right. Remember what we said? 
Love is a choice to do good for another person regardless of what I feel. That's right. Regardless of what I feel. This third thing I want to share with you today that's a game changer is this, is choose to love others first. Choose to love others first. We go back to Jesus again. Remember, I said, oh, love's a feeling. Oh, love's commitment. And Jesus said, no, 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 love's a choice. And I want to get this right. Why? Because I don't want to fail at love, do you? And so we have to understand, look what Jesus says. Here it goes. Matthew 7 and 12. So in what? Everything. everything. Why don't you circle that? Matter of fact, what does everything not cover? In your bad breath mornings. Right? That's everything, right? Okay. All right, you're getting a picture. So in everything, do to others what you would have them what? Do to you. That's right. Here we go. This is called the golden what? The golden rule. That's right. For this sums up the law and the prophets. So what Jesus is saying with this is that he's saying, listen, choices lead, feelings follow. Did you hear that? This is what mature people do. Mature people make choices first, and then they realize that later feelings will follow. Immature people say, okay, I'm going to do what I feel. I don't feel like it. And if you live by your feelings, my friend, you will never grow up. Choices lead, feelings follow. Now watch this. Jesus said, do unto others as you would have them do unto you. So what he did not say, what Jesus did not say this, Jesus didn't say, do not do unto others. In other words, he didn't say, hold back your emotions. In other words, when someone does something wrong to you, you know, and you say, well, you know what? I'm going to do unto them as I have them do unto me, so I'm not going to retaliate. Let me tell you something. Anybody can hold back their emotions. Anybody can say, well, I'm not going to take revenge. I'm going to be the bigger person. I'm not going to hit them back. You know, yeah, that, you know what? That, that's admirable, but that's not the extent of what he's talking about. Jesus said, do unto others. He didn't say, don't do. He said, do unto others. What was he saying? He was saying, love is a choice to do good to other people no matter how I want. Okay, let's try that again. I, don't, I think you missed it. You ready? Love is a choice to do good to another person no matter how I feel that's right no matter how I feel he says do he said don't it ain't like well I ain't, they ain't talking to me so you know what I'm just not gonna talk to them right now because I just don't need to no 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 do do what does that mean that means this that means that you know you learn to do uh, what I would say is you learn to forgive as you wish to be forgiven see that do you you learn to brag on someone the way you wish to be bragged on. You learn. You learn to listen to someone the way you wish to be listened to. You do, do unto others. You know what that means? That means you, you speak to others the way you wish to be spoken to. See, Jesus said this love thing, this love thing, he says in order to love people, you have to do unto others, not withhold and don't do and say, well, you know, I'm a good person because I'm not giving them what they deserve right now. I'm not retaliating. See, see, that's not the full extent of love. Why? Because love is a choice. Love is a choice to do good to other people for another person, no matter how I what? Feel. Why? Why would we do that? 
Because we don't want to fail at love. We don't want to fail at love. I have a next step for you. You ready? This has been good, hasn't it? Isn't this good stuff? Okay, I, all right. Thank you. There's three people today. I'm glad you were here. The rest of you today are like, heck no, I ain't listening to none of this stuff. You're going to get better. prayed for you. This morning and last night I prayed for you because until, until this goes beyond your ears and to your heart you're never going to have what you desire to have. And some of you, you've been together a long time and it's still been missing. And you've been saying when is it coming? I'm telling you, when you learn to love, when you choose to love another person, in spite of what you feel, I have a next step for you, and it's going to be a bold one, and I'm going to ask you to take it. On the back of this card, I wrote this down. This has been prayerfully thought out, and here's what it says. It says, I will choose to do good for my family regardless of what I feel. I may not like them right now. I may not like, I may not like them right now, but I'm going to choose to do good. I'm going to ask you in the name of Jesus Christ that you would check that box because spiritual warfare has begun. And we are going to pray with you this week. And here's what I want to tell you, the last thing. It's your move. What move do you need to make? Maybe today you and your spouse rode together in the same car, but you didn't say two words on the way to church today because you're at a stalemate, because both of you are in the do not, the do not, I ain't doing it, you know, they ain't doing it, we ain't doing it. And Jesus says a mature person makes the first move. Would you stand with me now? Let me pray for you. Can I tell you before I pray? Can I tell you something before I pray? I love you. You know that. I love you. And I, dear God, I want what's good for you. I want the best for you. God, today, you're changing our families. And Lord, today we're choosing to love. We're choosing to love the other person regardless of what we feel. And today, Holy Spirit, I ask you that you would reach down in your hand and because you first loved us, oh God, that we would love you and we would love those especially in our own homes. Because we do not want to fail at love. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on. Hi, this is Pastor Jeff again. I just want to say I hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to support God's work through Stockbridge Community Church, simply go to our website at secview.net. Again, that's secview.net. And click the Give tab. We want to thank you again for being with us today. God bless you. Have a wonderful day.